chapter 4. Micah chapter 4. One verse we want to read from, verse 9. So if you'd stand for the reading of God's word, as we do that in honor of him, thank God for his word. But you're standing for Jesus. The Bible says this, his, he is the word. And thank God for that. Verse 9 says, are you there? Yes. Amen. I heard yes. I heard amen. Let's hear hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Let that be a, a, a signal. Every once in a while, go, Pastor, if you want to. <laughs> Verse 9 says, Now why do you cry aloud? Is there no king in your midst? Has your, your counselor perished? For pains have seized you like a woman in labor. I want to take a theme today, message title, however you want to put it, but what the prophet proposed to the people. Is there not a king in you? Because if you go to the King James, I read from the New King James, it says there at the beginning, is there not a king in thee? Say, I've got the king. You may be seated. The story of what was written here by about the prophet and what was coming about was the time when Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar was on the move, taking territory, taking regions, taking countries, taking everything he could. And God used him. He was an evil king. So many times people says, well, we have politicians that are evil. You know, God can still use evil kings and politicians to do what he wants to because without God, they couldn't be in power. But the story kind of comes around where King Zedekiah was in the king of Judah. As a matter of fact, he was the last king of Judah that was up. He was a very selfish person. He was one that would not heed to what the prophets were saying. The people of Judah, the people of Israel would not heed. They were like a roller coaster. One day they were serving the Lord. Next minute they were chasing after idols. Like a lot of people today, you don't know whether they're serving God or today or not. Their actions doesn't prove it. Their speech really doesn't give it away. And we see where that the king, the last king, was taken under siege. Jeremiah told him it was coming. He didn't heed. The people didn't heed. Nebuchadnezzar came knocking on the door of Jerusalem. And when he did, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, took that place by storm. He took the sons of Zedekiah, and he took Zedekiah back to Babylon. And when he did, he stood him before him. And he looked at the king, Zedekiah. King Babylon of Babylon did Nebuchadnezzar. And he says, something you did not do and something I'm going to do, you didn't see rightly. You didn't see what you had. And he said, the last thing you see 
before I do something. He says, he turned him to his sons and they killed his sons. This is in history. This is in the Bible. They killed his sons and then he turned him around and he spoke to him again. says, that will be the last thing you will ever see. And they poked his eyes out. They took him off to prison. What happened was that God judged a nation. God is going to judge America. God is going to judge people that are not faithful, that are just hindering the things that God wants them to do. God is coming back for a people that has made their lives ready for his return. There's a lot of people not ready for his return. They're going to say, I don't do what I want to. And that's what was happening with Israel and Judah. But all of a sudden God says, enough is enough. You crossed the bounds. And now we see the people that were left. And Micah was there. See, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, took the best, took the most honorable, took those things in there and left those that were weak, inconsistent, and says, Make it on your own. But notice that we read here what says, why do you cry aloud? Why do you come before and cry out and say, oh, look at us. It sounds like a lot of people today. Where is God today? God has not left his throne. Amen, pastor. Thank God you're still on the throne. Thank God you're still king. Thank God you're still Lord. He knows what's going on. Nothing has gone by him. He understands. He doesn't change. People do. But thank God when we see this, I want to ask the church, do you see a king among you? Do you see next to you a king that is living? See, I see among you kings and others that God has given giftings. I see children coming up and seeing the king coming inside of them. The prophet asks, is there not a king in the King James in thee? Thank God he lives in me. Thank God he's made it a home in me. Thank God he's the king at my house. I don't know about yours. Thank God he's the king at this house. As long as I am pastor, Jesus is still Lord and he's still the king. He rules. We come under his authority. Thank God for that. I see a king in others, in my children, In your children, in your family members, I see a king. You say, well, pastors are not here. But see, I don't look on the outward. I don't look at this. I see what God is wanting to do inside an individual. I want to tell you a story. This man, his name was Mr. Kimball. He was a Sunday school teacher in the 1800s very diligent of doing the calling that God had given him. And he was a Sunday school teacher over some teens. And one day he got out in the streets of Boston, going down the streets of Boston, he come around the corner, looked in the window of a storefront, and he seen a young man, one of his students, 
that had not been in Sunday school for three weeks. Most would say, write them off. Forget it. They're really not interested. Not Mr. Kimball. He'd come in and he looked at that young man. He was 17 years of age. And he looked at him. He says, you've been missing from my Sunday school for three weeks. He says, I'm here to tell you, I'm not giving up until I see you back in church again. Some people say, I'm too busy. Mr. Kimball says, I'm not too busy for one of my students. I'm not too busy for ones that have been missing. Ones that have been not a part of what is going on. He told that young man, says, I'm not giving back. If not, I'll be back. He was persistent. Again, most would have written off. You know who this young man was? D.L. Moody. Dwight L. Moody. How many's ever heard of Moody Bible Institute? Moody Radio. See, what if that man, Mr. Kimball, would have not seen a king in that young boy? What would have happened to that young boy? He would have still gone down a path that was just about himself. He was a teacher, but he's seen something beyond that. Second Corinthians chapter four says that God gives gifts in earthen vessels. God places in earthen vessels a treasure. Amen. Oh, thank God for the treasure he gives every single one. Thank God. If you would look around, there's treasures in every single person that's in this building. There's treasures and many others that have forsaken the assemblies and themselves together. But I'm telling you, if you'll get a hold of what God says, you can see something different and maybe you can influence them. Amen. See, I'm not preaching just to anybody. I'm preaching to every man, woman, boy, and girl because I see something that God is wanting to use you in. I see a king that is wanting to rise up in you. Maybe you feel like it's down and out and nothing seems to going right. But I'm telling you right now, God is there with you. Sometimes you wonder, see, you've got a call on your life. And sometimes the touch of God has been messing with you and said, pastor, you're preaching to me. Yes, I am. Cause I see what God wants to do with you. I'm like Mr. Kimball. Been many times I've gone knocking on the door. Where have you been? When God's led me and I've talked with him, what's happened to you? I'm looking around, seeing some that in many for a while, I'm glad to see you. You're missed when you're not here. I'm praying for you. And I'm telling the Holy Ghost, the hound of heaven, get them. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> a stormy Sunday. In London, England, there was a time when the storm had come in so much that the pastor couldn't even make it to church. This is in the 1800s. Again, back in the time when things were really moving. And all of a sudden, 15 members showed up to this church on Sunday morning. And as they showed up, they said, the pastor can't make it. But we're going to, and a lay member got up and he asked a question out of those 15 members. Is there 
anyone here would like to find Jesus as not only your Savior, but your Lord, and give your life to him. There was a young man, 15 years of age, got out of his seat, went to an altar, and gave his life to Jesus. 15 members. You're thinking, Pastor, we don't have a large church. Pastor, we don't have a lot coming. But Jesus knows who's in the congregation. Jesus knows who is sitting next to you. That 15-year-old boy came up and gave his life to Christ. Thank God he did. That young man, his name was Charles Spurgeon. He became a preacher. And by becoming a preacher, the Bible, or not history says, that he become a preacher's preacher. They looked at him and they called him the prince of preachers. Because even now, his sermons and his books are being touted and, and they pass them on. And many people that I know preach some of his sermons because God gave him insight. As a matter of fact, he became such a powerful preacher, he had started a church called the Metropolitan Tabernacle. As a matter of fact, there wasn't a lot of, lot of mega churches in the time that he was around, and he pastored one of the first mega churches in his century, seating 5,000 plus members. What if that lay person had said, I'm going to stay home just like everybody else? Yeah, you may have some trouble, but if he had not gotten up even in the middle of a service, he said, is there one that will come to know Jesus? And all of a sudden, God dealt with that 15-year-old boy, and now God turned him his life around. Amen. See, he saw something that was going on. That wasn't just a happenstance. That wasn't just a something that just took place. But all of a sudden, we see that God dealt with Charles. See, some would say, Cast them away. Count them no more. They say this generation don't know what they're doing, but I see God wanting to reach this generation. Amen. There are those that need to hear the gospel message. There are those that need to know that the king is still ruling and still sitting on the throne. See, I see my children, your children, as a king coming inside of them and ruling in them. It's not by chance that God allowed us to have two adopted children. It's not by chance that God, because if God had not permitted us to have an older child, we would not have children. But God permitted us and God allowed us to have those children. And I'm telling you, I see a king in them. I see God wanting to use them. Even though they think their past doesn't mean anything, God has a future. There was a mother. So, pastors talking about stories. These are real stories. These are real things that took place. This mother, her name was Susan Wesley. She was a mother of 22 children. Wow. Say, wow. wow. 22 children. Some of our daycare providers seem to think it's hard with eight children. But she had 22. And this mother... Loved her children. At that time, she wore an apron. Some of you older ones understand what I'm talking about. My grandmothers both wore an apron. As soon as they got home, when they went to the kitchen, get the apron and put it around. Yeah. This mother, Mother Susan, Mother Susie, 
take your apron off every single day and wave it over her children and bless them and pray for them. She'd wave it over her children. Sometimes you do some things and your kids are looking at you. What are you doing? Because this mother's seen something in her children. As a matter of fact, the 17th child, number 17, his name was John. Number 18 was Charles Wesley. Charles Wesley heeded to the blessings of his mother. See, sometimes we want to count our own children off, but I'm telling you, if you'll keep speaking blessings and, uh, and honoring God the king because the king wants to come inside them, Amen. waving that apron over them, what happened to Charles? He wrote hymns, which we sing even today. Thank God for the hymn we heard today. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. That's encouraging, church. Jesus said, I've gone to prepare you a place. We should be encouraged. Those songs were written at a time to encourage the church of Jesus Christ. The praise and worship songs we have today get you into a place that God wants you to be encouraged. Charles was that one that wrote hymns. But what did John do? Number 17. He founded a Methodist movement called Westland Methodist. We have a church today in Warsaw, Westland Methodist. As a matter of fact, I'm hearing some things that's going on in that church that the pastor's talking about the gifts and the movement of the Holy Spirit. God is waking his church up. But do you see a king next to you? Do you see a king in those sitting next to you? Look at your neighbor. What do you see? This mother waved her apron over her children. It's not time to give up on your loved ones, church. God knows how to get a hold of them, but speak into their lives what God says. Jesus said, the words that I speak are life and they are spirits. They will go deep into the hearts of those around them. Thank God we have that. But the question that I want to ask you as Micah gave this, do you see a king in you? Can you see the king in you? The prophet asked, why are you crying? Why are you backing up? In other words, he was saying, we've been hit with this and hit with that. You didn't heed the call and all of a sudden God brought judgment. But why are you crying? The king has not left you. Can you see a king in the midst of you? Can you see the king in thee? As the King James puts it. Let me ask you a question. You may be going through the hardest time of your life, but is there still a king? Yes. Has he left his throne? No, he hasn't. That's the stability we have, and that's the message we have. Jesus is still alive and well, on, and he's alive and well in me. Yes. Where's the king in you? The king is in us, and he's in you. I see him. I see sometimes he rises up because we sing up here sometimes and all of a sudden I see some of you going, ooh, I sense the king rising up in me because we worship the king. And all of a sudden the king has been on your heart. All of a sudden leaps up a little bit and says, they're speaking about me. I say, the king it lives within me. He's not left his throne. But some of us may have left the king though. 
And that's what was happening when Micah was looking. He says, yeah, you're looking at an earthly king, but I know one that's greater than that earthly king. You know what happened? They lost sight who really is in charge. And so many people today are losing sight. They get fearful. What if we go to war? God's still in charge. What if I get sick? God's still the healer. What if I lose my finances? I know one that makes the streets gold. What about the food in my cupboard when they seem to get bare? I know one that owns the bakeries. I know one that owns Walmart. <laughs> uh, thank God. Doesn't mean you can go steal. Don't do that. But do not lose the king in you. There were some in the Bible we've seen, they lost the sight of king. Elijah faced the king, Ahaz, and he spoke to him because he had the king inside. And Elijah looked at the king Ahaz. He says, it will not rain until I give the word and say so. You know what? It didn't rain. But what happened to Elijah later on? He was under a juniper, juniper tree and he was sitting there and he says, God, I just want to die. He lost the king mentality. He lost what was in him when he faced the king. Samson, a man we look at and says, oh, we just kind of put him in with some negative things. But Samson in the beginning was a judge. And the Bible says when he was walking and he was moving under the operations of the king inside of him, he said he grabbed a jawbone and he slew 1,000 of his enemy soldiers. Then all of a sudden, we look, he lost sight of the king and a little woman. She may have been pretty. She may have been good looking. But a little woman, who knows, maybe she's only 100 pounds, took his eye off of the king. Let's look at Peter. Peter is one that was the first one to step up. That was his personality. <laughs> That was his nature because Jesus asked him, who do you say that I am? And notice what Peter declared. You are the Christ, the Messiah. He spoke clearly. He knew who Jesus was. But then we look a little bit later. All of a sudden he lost sight of who the king is and who was in him and who was with him. And he went fishing. See, when you lose the king inside, you lose something valuable. Amen. You become vulnerable to the things and succumb to those things around you. But thank God there's second chances. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Yeah. Even when you mess up, even when you sin, how many knows God will take you back in? Yes. That rhymes and didn't even know it. <laughs> Elijah got the king back. The Bible says that a fiery chariot came down, swooped him up. Thank God he got his king back inside. You know what Samson happened with him? After he lost his sight naturally, 
God gave him his sights. He got the king back. And at the end of his life, he slew more of the Philistines, his enemy, than he did in his whole life. <laughs> Victory came to him. You know what happened with Peter? He stopped fishing because he got the king back inside and got the king back inside him. And on the day of Pentecost, he stood up and the Bible says he preached a message that turned 3,000 souls back or looking to Christ. 3,000. I would love to see how many souls I could stand and preach to. In America, it's not easy. But I'm telling you today, we can look around. The king lives within me. I want you to say this. The king is in me. And look at your neighbor. He's in you. Some of you need to have the king back in your life. Can I tell you, it's not finished yet. Your story is still being written. It's not done. I don't care if you messed up. You need to get back and say, he's my king. See, he's still ruling and he's still reigning and he's still writing. He's the author and the finisher of my life and my faith. Amen. See, the author means he's writing something. And uh, when the books are open, uh, there's a story about Brother Joe. Let me write here. Yeah, he fell just a little bit, but he got back up. Amen. Let's look at Richard. Uh, yeah, let's look at his book. Oh, look at him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he fell, but he got back up. Uh, look at Ollie. I can see it. Uh, he fell, but he got back up. I, I can see German, the book that's being written about German. All of a sudden, he fell, but he got back up. Yes. The king is alive and well. Yes. We need to see what the prophet's saying. Don't weep. Don't be fearful. The king is still alive forevermore. Yes. But is he inside? Is he in your midst? I gave you stories about those that were speaking over others. You need to start doing that with your own children, your own family. Quit crying. Quit looking at the negative. Quit looking at the bad, knowing that God knows and understands. You call their names out and start saying, God, I know you're dealing with them. Don't give, in, don't give up. If you need to take that imaginary apron out, and wave it over them. Do it. Men, if you need to start taking your mantle and wave over them, your children, do it. Yeah. Let me tell you a true story that happened at the Pentecostal Lighthouse Church. When we was in charge of junior church, I think what they used to call it. And there was a young man because we had buses that was picking kids up. And that's here in Warsaw. And I was in charge of the children's ministry at that point in time. And uh, there was a young man that would come in there and his name was Sammy. Some of you know and heard about Sammy. Sammy would come in there and boy, he was a snotty run, rut and his nose was snotty and we'd have to wipe it constantly. We'd have to clean him up. We fed him a little bit of food. He'd sit in service, the junior church service down there and God would start moving and all of a sudden somebody said something and he was just a little kid. I think he was five years of age. Boy, he had a mouth on him. He knew how to bring words out. You're thinking, oh, but I seen a king that was inside that wants to raise up. Yes. Sammy, what did he do? All of a sudden, we'd have to pull him off the side because he, some kid would say something. He'd bam, pop him in the mouth. And all of a sudden, every word that would come out of his mouth, because that's what he was raised around. Yeah. 
The environment he had was not a good environment. But I seen God wanting to touch that young man. They kept bringing him. I would pull him off the side. You know, he would use some words. And I says, you can't say that. Well, that's what I hear at home. That's what he kept telling me. I says, yeah, but here, you can't use that. Okay, if you think so. We'd send him back in there. He was good for two or three weeks. Next thing you know, something else would happen. This went on for a little while. Then all of a sudden, he started settling down. Because I just didn't see Sammy. I didn't see a snotty nose running kid running around uh, doing the, some evil things. I seen God wanting to use that young man. Amen. Eventually, he moved away. And you know the story. Some of you have been around long enough or heard me say that. And what happened? Maybe some of you haven't. One day, I was in Owens, the old Owens, over on Market Street. And I was walking down getting something. Because my wife called and says, can you stop by and get something? Yes, I'll get it, dear. And so I went down the aisle, and all of a sudden, I felt hands come around me. I looked down. They were pretty good-sized hands. I go, what in the world? Picked me up. He says, Rick Johnson. I go, yes, I am. Who are you? And I turned around. There's a young man. And he says, I'm Sammy. And I go, Sammy? Sammy? <laughs> Sammy? That way. Go, yeah, I'm in Bible college. I'm going to college to be a preacher. See, God sees a king. Yes, he, does. he doesn't see what they're doing and the actions that they're performing. But God sees a king. Quit looking around and what's the negative, but say, I see a king. I see a king. I see a king. He's in the midst of them. He's touching them. He'll change them. Allow God to do, but speak over them. Wave that apron. God bless the children. God bless the church. Bless my neighbors. Church, we need to get back to seeing what God sees. Some see trash, but God sees treasure. He looks at the hearts. He doesn't look what they're doing, what goes on. As a pastor, you don't understand the environment I am in. It's a low environment. You don't know what I've been going through and what I have to put up with. There was kids over the lifetime that I've been in ministry that lived in some horrible, despicable environments. And it wasn't conducive for them to really get out of it, but I knew God could be there. I knew God could take care of them. I knew God could touch them. Sammy was only one example. The teacher saw something in a young man. The lay person saw something on that service when there was only 15 members said there's somebody that needs to give their heart to God. That mother saw something in her children. You may have lost the king and the vision that you've had, and you may have been going through some hard times. You've been weeping, but weeping only lasts for a short season because God is coming with light and glory and is going to show you that he still rules and reigns. Maybe you've been around an area you can't get out because when we had camps, there was kids coming from all kinds of things. 
messed up in witchcraft, some messed up in a demon spirituals in their home, and, and some were in part of a family that would drink, and some were drugs, and, and some have mothers that were prostitutes, but we've seen kings sitting amongst us in that camp meeting. We've seen kings that God wants to bring out. But you see why? Because I am a child of a king. So that makes me the child of a king. That puts me in realm of inheritance. That puts me in a realm of authority. And now God says, I see a king. I don't see what they're going through. I don't see the environment they're in. I'm telling you, the world is saying you need to go this way. You speak over them. Don't give up. You have a king inside. You're a king's kid. Amen? Amen. Say, I am a king's kid. Can I put it this way to you? You're born to be a king. New Testament says we're kings and priests. We're special royal people. But too many times, if you listen to the news, if you listen to other people's opinions, if you listen to what everybody else is saying, it'll bring you down. If you listen to where you came from and say where God's taking you to, it's not what you came from, it's where God's taking you to. Let me say that again. It's not your past that God is concerned with. It's your future that God wants to give you. Jeremiah said that. God doesn't think evil of you. But he wants to give you a future and a hope. Praise God. In John 1, verse 50, when he stood before the disciples and he looked at them, because they seen some things. And he says, greater things you will see. Greater things you will see. In John 14, Jesus looked at his disciples again. Because some things were taking place, he says, greater things you will do. You're going to see, but you're going to do. And I like what John did in 1 John, because he says, greater is he. That is where? Where? Say that again. In where? Me. In me. I see a king in me. We need to allow him to rise up. And we need to allow him to speak on his behalf because he's wanting to speak out of you the words that he gives you. And the words are life and not death. Amen. The words are blessing and not curse. Amen. The words are prosperity and not in wants. God wants to give you all good things. God wants to give you his spirit so he can breathe in you and breathe out of you. Yes. Remember what I said not too long ago in a message? I said, we take in his word, but if it's all you take in, you take in his breath. How you exhale, you pray. You seek his, the Lord. You speak his word. Don't give up even though they don't want to hear. Keep waving the apron. Keep waving the apron. Keep going to the door, stores and see where they're at and say, God, I know you're after them. Speak to them. Greater is he that is in me that not only will I do, but I shall see greater things. Now's not the time to be cast down, downhearted, because everything is happening in the world. Whose report are you going to believe? I like what Brother Ollie said, and I, I was thinking about it the other day. 
He was up here preaching, and the enemy attacked him. Said he had a heart attack. His heart's doing good. He allowed the king to rise up. I liked what he said. He says, devil, don't tempt me with heaven. Don't tempt me with heaven. And there's time and times that the enemy comes along and tries to put something and says, don't tempt me with the place that God's preparing for me. Right. I'll just go right now. Yeah. I'll just leave and you can have it all because you're going to get judgment one day. Yes. I'm telling you right now, God has got something greater for every single one of you. But if you don't see it, if you don't profess it, if you don't stop your crying over things because of things that's happening in our world or your family and start saying, God, you're in control. God, you're in control. I like what my grandmother used to say to us. She says, if you're going through problems, if you're having difficulties, you come and talk to me and we'll take it to Jesus, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. How many knows he knows how to turn things around? Yes. Another testimony of mine, for a long time, my oldest didn't want nothing to do with the family, didn't really want to talk to us. But in the last year or so, he has done more talking, he's done more responding than I have seen in a long time. Don't tell me that God don't answer prayer. And I truly believe God's going to restore and reconcile the family back where it needs to be. Because when God moves, he's going to do what no one else can do. Right. He will open doors when no one else can. But he will shut the doors when no one says, let's keep them open. No, nope, I need them shut. And if he needs to move the door, he'll move it. Because there's other people that will stand in front of the door and say, no, you don't need to go through there. And the blessing's right past the threshold. Micah said, is there not a king in the king, New King James says, in the midst. Look at your neighbor. What do you see? Yes. 